Hey now, welcome to Random Movie Club. I'm your host, Rob Logan. In each episode, I sit down with a co-host to discuss any movie of their choosing. The only qualification is that the movie is available to watch at home on DVD, Blu-ray, or digital. Before you listen to this show, I highly recommend that you watch the movie we're going to talk about, because we're going to spoil everything. Also, at the end of the episode, I'll tell you which movie we're going to discuss next, so you have enough time to watch it. If you enjoy Random Movie Club, you can help keep it going by supporting us on Patreon. Supporters get special benefits like bonus episodes, patron-only events, giveaways, and more. Show your support for Random Movie Club and The Geek Generation by visiting our Patreon campaign at thegeekgeneration.com support. On this episode, I'll be discussing Kindergarten Cop with Paul O. Let's roll the film. Kindergarten Cop was released in 1990 from director Ivan Reitman. Written by Murray Salem, Herschel Weingrad, and Timothy Harris, the film stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Penelope Ann Miller, and Richard Tyson. Paul. Rob. Why did you choose Kindergarten Cop? Well, let me tell you, Rob. number of reasons. <laughs> oh, boy. Um... First, uh, I mean, this movie has a special place in my heart just because it was one of the first movies that I think my dad and I watched together. Not like first in terms of like the the first movie, okay, but it was kind of like the first sort of compromise movie for my dad, at least. Interesting. Um, so like I grew up in Hawaii and uh. Kindergarten Cop, in addition to other Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, and uh, they all just kind of played, you know, on Sunday afternoons. Like if the like if there was no football, like or you know there was no programming, they would just kind of play like all of these random ass movies. And Kindergarten Cop was on it vastly more than any other movie. Yeah, it was like Kindergarten Cop, like some Burt Reynolds movie, like a, that Tom Hanks canine movie, was, Turner and Hooch. Turner and Hooch, yeah. And, like, I mean, Kindergarten Cop was definitely on, like, once every couple of months at least. Yeah, yeah. Right? And for my dad, who was, you know, he immigrated to this country um, in the 70s. And so, like, he was familiar with, like, action movies. And those are kind of, like, his favorite sort of uh, genre. Okay. But he couldn't obviously watch a lot of those with me because I was still young and very impressionable. And, like, there was a lot of violence in those that my mom didn't approve of. But Kindergarten Cop came along. And it was like, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, this guy's from all the action movies. Maybe I will like this movie. Okay. And then my mom heard the th- the title and she's like, oh, yeah, it must be fine. Yeah, just watch. Like, it's okay if you watch didn't it. Didn't watch the first yeah. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, definitely didn't watch like the first 20 minutes when like crackheads are getting yeah, shot yeah. up. But like it was one of those movies that we could, we had permission to watch together. And like literally every time it was on, we would always just kind of anytime it would be like an hour into the movie we would still watch it okay? because it was one of those things where we just pick up wherever and enjoy it. And then on top of that, I mean, like for me, this is like the first time I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger not be an action hero. Same. And so for, it was kind of eye opening to see him try to act, you know, I mean, I'm not saying he's the greatest actor, but in this movie, like I believed that he was an undercover cop. Sure. Masquerading as a, as a kindergarten. Teacher. Sure. Sure. So, yeah, like, I mean, for me, it has a special place in my heart because of the familial connection, but also just, like, I enjoy the movie. It's okay. funny as hell. It is. Like, this is vintage Arnold. It really is. Uh, I'd seen it a bunch of times prior to rewatching it for this. Mm-hmm. But 
This is the first time I've rewatched it since being a teacher for like a decade. Oh, okay. So there's a whole different lens that I'm looking at this movie through now. I definitely appreciated the the movie a lot more after having kids. Like I, I have no you know experience with teaching. But like after having children and seeing this movie, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, you are you, and I point to my son, are definitely <laughs> one of those guys in the class. Yeah, like you know, I can identify him as you know one of the kids. So it was like, it is a different perspective, and it made the movie that much more enjoyable. Cool. Well, as I always do, I go to IMDb and gather up a whole bunch of trivia. For this movie, Jack Nicholson and Danny DeVito were considered for the role of John Kimball. Bill Murray and Patrick Swayze were originally offered the role. That is hilarious. Yeah. So like, it wasn't just an Arnold vehicle at first. Like it could have been a different, a totally different, like totally different because Bill Murray is not like action hero turned comedy. Yeah. Like that whole first part would have been very different, I feel. Yeah. Like the whole cop aspect of yeah. it would not have been as maybe not as good. I don't know. It probably would have just been more comedic yeah. overall. Christian Slater was considered for the role of Crisp after Reitman had seen him in Heathers, but he turned it down to avoid being typecast. Mm. Yeah, I thought it w- I think it would have been good. Yeah. That would have been like a a much different rewatching experience. Sure. Because I don't even know who the, the guy who played Crisp is. Like Yeah, uh Richard Tyson or something like that. Okay. I know his last name's Tyson. I forget what the first name is. Yeah, like I just I know I've seen him in like a couple other things, but yeah. like really not a, like a memorable character actor to No, me. he's like I remember him from this movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh Arnold Schwarzenegger had a few conditions before accepting the role of John Kimball. He wanted Ivan Reitman to direct the film. He wanted a physical fitness theme. And he and Reitman both wanted broken homes, child abuse, and family life written to the script. Wow. That's interesting. So they made it a little deeper than originally was. Yeah. And like, I mean, those were parts of it too that like I didn't understand growing up. Same. And like watching it again, I was like, oh my God, that's so dark. Yeah. There's like, a lot of dark stuff. Like, oh, like I can't even imagine like that happening in real life, but it definitely like you feel it. Like it tugs at parts of your soul that are like, ah. Yeah. Astoria Elementary, the school in the movie, is just a few blocks from the Goonies house in Astoria. All the classroom scenes, however, were shot on a set in L.A. so Arnold could be near his family. Knowing what I know about Arnold and his family life during that time, mm-hmm. like, I, he is a really good dad, like, from what I've seen. Yeah. So, I mean, I have no reason to question it. But, like, yeah, and, and like, that whole Astoria, Oregon or whatever, like, very scenic, like, yeah. super nice. I remember thinking when I was a kid, like, I would want to grow up in a place like that because it seems like a fairy tale sort of place to live. Mm, like but. a nice small town. Ivan Reitman invented the five Reitman rules of filmmaking for the kids. Listen, act natural, know your character, don't look in the camera, and be disciplined. <laughs> that just seems like all things that kids don't do. Right? <laughs> the last one especially. Be disciplined. Like, what did that mean? <laughs> What's discipline? <laughs> In reality, the kids loved Arnold Schwarzenegger. They were constantly climbing all over him like a jungle gym. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no doubt. Be like, who's the giant man? Yeah, like the guy is not tiny at all. No. You just think that, oh, this is someone that is meant to climb. Sarah Rose Carr, who plays Emma, was Ivan Reitman's favorite kindergartner. According to Reitman, quote, she marched to her own drummer. If she wants to stand, let her stand. If she wants to sit, let her sit. Also, the character is named Emma after Reitman's own daughter. Reitman brought the actress back in a bigger role when he made Beethoven. Oh, yeah. So there's the connection. 
Oh my god, I never even connected that before. That's amazing. She was one of the most natural like performances mm-hmm. from the kids. <laughs> their tongue just like licking all over her face uh-huh. and like just uneasy and she she never felt like she was delivering lines. Yeah, she was just kind of like talking. Yeah. Yeah, they were just like, I ah, just leave it in. Yeah, they were they probably told her what to do and just like let her go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Elijah Wood auditioned for a part as a child actor in this movie. He later told Empire Magazine that this was the worst audition he ever did. Hmm. Which is why we didn't see him in it. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This was Odette Annabelle's film debut. She was five years old. Uh, If you're not familiar with her, she's been on a lot of stuff over the years. Uh, Most notably for maybe our audience is she played Rain on Supergirl. Oh, okay. Oh, she was the Spanish speaking girl. Yeah. yeah, Rosa, I think they call her in the movie. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Small part, but first thing at five years old. Yeah. When Kimball carries Phoebe into the motel, he says two short sentences in German. The first time he can be heard speaking his native language in a movie. The lines translate to that makes me stinking mad. Now I'm mad. (laughs) Really? I guess. That's wild. I don't even remember him speaking the German. Me neither. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, The toy laser gun Dominic made that scene twice in his room is modeled after a child's version of the proton pack used in the Ghostbusters movies, also directed by Ivan Reitman. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's just nodding to his own stuff. You can even see uh, in Dominic's room, I think there's a pillow with the Ghostbusters logo on it. Oh, really? Yeah. I need to rewatch it. I noticed that real quick. Uh, lastly, Jason Reitman, who is Ivan Reitman's son and now a director himself, has a cameo as the boy making out with the girl that Kimball interrupts during the fire drill. Oh, my God. Really? Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I yeah. remember that guy so clearly because I remember thinking, like, what is he doing with that girl and why is he in trouble? <laughs> in the braces. And then learning it later and being like, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> So the movie itself uh, begins with Detective John Kimball telling drug dealer Cullen Crisp. Uh, right away, there's the title sequence, and you have like mm-hmm. those crayon scratches, which is a nice visual thing. Mm-hmm. The audio was distracting. I mean, yeah. like going every time. Yeah. Not the best choice. I think they did that a lot in the 80s, though. Totally. Right? Oh, Definitely. Yeah. I mean, like the the credits in the the pre-credits before the movie, like you always hear like a sound effect that went with them, and you're like, hmm. I don't get it. I thought this was supposed to be like the credits. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was weird that. to have that like light bumpy aesthetic at the beginning too. When they're in like this dark gritty part of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's very weird. Uh, Chris meets up with Danny, a kid who gives him some info on where his ex-wife and son have gone into hiding before Crisp kills him. This is all witnessed by Danny's friend, Cindy, but Crisp doesn't notice her. Yeah. I remember like, um, because, I mean, clearly these people are in drugs. Yeah. But, like, uh, I remember, like, not being clear about what was wrong with mm-hmm. them. And when I was a kid, uh, like, my mom and dad would tell me, like, oh, they're just sick. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, wow, they're really sick. They should go home. <laughs> why are they out? Like, why, are, why aren't they taking medicine and drinking fluids? Like, they need saltines and soup. Like, what's going on? And my mom was like, yeah, yeah, they're very sick. <laughs> and I find out later that they're addicted to drugs. I'm like. That's not sick. But yeah, that's just me being dumb. Uh, Chris meets up with his mother in a salon when Kimball comes in and arrests him. This is when we get the first of many legendary Arnold lines from this movie. (laughs) 
I'm a cop, you idiot. <laughs> Freeze! Like, I'm a cop, you idiot. <laughs> so good. Uh, Crisp's relationship with his mother always creeped me out. Very, like, like Oedipus-y. Yeah. Like, kind of ew. It's yeah. always, like, playing kisses on her and stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. He's also... Like we were saying, he's not like this known guy uh, and he's very singular to this movie. Although I think I saw this movie at such a young age that when someone's like saying slimy movie villain, like just that description, I picture Chris ponytail, Mm -hmm. like, like cheap suit. Yeah, definitely. And then you think about later on in the movie when he's just like soaked from being in the school during yeah, the yeah, fire yeah. alarm. It's like, oh yeah, now he's really a slimy movie villain. Yeah, like he just yeah. looks gross and that is the archetype for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 100%. In my brain, that's like just what I related to. Hundred percent. Uh Cindy refuses to identify Crisp in the lineup. Uh we also meet Captain Salazar here, mm-hmm. portrayed by Richard Portnoy, who at the time I wouldn't have been able to point out here. But he plays Ben Stern in Howard Stern's Private Parts. Oh, so he plays Howard's dad. That's right. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, it's him. <laughs> wow, these are all revelations that like, I, over the many years, I've not thought of, but that's uh, so weird. This is why I'm here. <laughs> uh, Kimball finds Cindy in a drug den and informs her that if she doesn't ID Crisp, he won't leave her alone. Mm-hmm. Get another great quote in here. I'm the potty pooper. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it was like the best line. I loved it so much. Like, I would just walk into the room as a kid. Like, I'm the potty pooper. I'm the potty pooper. This movie has so many good lines. And it's that's crazy. Just vintage Arnold. Yeah. Like, that is part of the reason why he has, he is such, like, a, at least in my mind, like, one of the great sort of actors in this genre mm-hmm. is that he has all these punchy one lines and he cultivated them at a time when it wasn't corny. Yes. Like everything had its place. And like, because he was at the beginning, he was one of the originators of, a, of this sort of practice of like these catchy one liners. I mean, he's action God. stars just had that. Like you need that. Like you needed that in like the eighties and nineties to have like that career. Yep. That's amazing. And I love it. So never good. forget those. lines. Cindy agrees to the lineup eventually. And Crisp is put away. Salazar pairs Kimball up with Phoebe O'Hara to go undercover and find Crisp's ex-wife and kids so she can testify against him in exchange for immunity. O'Hara was a teacher before joining the force, so she's the perfect choice for this assignment. Mm-hmm. On the flight and ride to Oregon, Phoebe exhibits signs of getting sick, so on the first morning of school, Kimball goes in instead. Yeah, definitely the best sort of vehicle for, oh yeah, she's just sick. You're up. Yeah. It's like, I don't know okay. what to do. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Who are these tiny people? They need to work out. <laughs> he even said something like that at one point. I'm going to turn that like mush into muscle when oh, yeah. he's doing with the uh, police school thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the first day of school, they go in. He introduces himself as Mr. Kimball. Uh, which made me think, <laughs> if they're undercover cops... <laughs> why are they using their real names? That's a problem. <laughs> like, why not just Mr. Smith? Like, they said they were... I thought maybe, like, he screwed up, and then they were like, oh, we were expecting a Mrs. O'Hara, uh-huh. or Miss O'Hara, and I was like, really? Like, yeah, the, I know this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why do they not know this? This is like Undercover Police 101. Yeah. Like, don't use your real name. Uh, he goes into the classroom, introduces himself, all the kids are there. And we get another classic Arnold line. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. <laughs> and we'll have them answered immediately. 
Oh, God. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, we meet the kids. Uh, Lowell, who's obsessed with death. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Joseph's dad, who's a gynecologist, which as a kid was my favorite line in the movie. I mean, like, I, that's how I learned about anatomy. Right? Because boys have a, a penis, penis. Girls, girls have, have a, a vagina. vagina. <laughs> Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. <laughs> oh my god, so great. Uh, Emma then needs to use the bathroom, so Kimball asks another teacher, Joyce, for help. Mm-hmm. And this is their kind of meet cute, even though they uh, he saw her really quick at yeah. the beginning. The classroom gets out of control until Kimball screams for them to shut up, <laughs> and they all start crying. Oh, my God. As a father, I identify with him so much. Mm-hmm. It's like I could just like I, I've walked into classrooms before, like dropping off my kids late, and I'm just like, how? Yeah, I, I, I would be yelling at these children right now. <laughs> like, how are you keeping a straight face as but- a teacher fired? <laughs> <laughs> you cannot do that. It was just I love his face, like his facial expression. Oh god, too. it's crazy! Like it's like just like his <laughs> eyes are like bulging out of his head. Like it looks like Total Recall, yeah, except yeah. like maybe too many years earlier. Like <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, he runs out of the building and screams, displaying what I have felt <laughs> so many times in my life. <laughs> and then he runs to grab his pet ferret. And brings him in as the new class mascot. Yeah, we're having fun now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes, fun yes. Now. Fun. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I love it. Oh, my God. On the second day of school, Sylvester's mom, Joanne, is introduced as a red herring. Uh, she fits the profile of Crisp's ex-wife. Right. And this is the mom, the the son is getting abused no no this no, is the blonde oh, oh right, 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 and this yeah. is a weird part of the movie that i don't think would fly in a movie now uh-huh. is they have a conversation they sit down to talk about her concerns that her son is playing with dolls oh insinuating right, right, right. that i think he might be gay uh-huh. and then kimball's help to her is that sylvester is just using the dolls to look up girls skirts <laughs> and she says that's a relief. Because <laughs> it was 1990, and that's where we were. Lawsuits like crazy these days. Cancel culture in full effect. Yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger would just be like, oh, my God. But <laughs> I was like, that's the most dated part of this movie yeah. by far crazy uh kimball then interrogates the kids and yeah. we get them all giving us uh great lines but also we get some other classic lines like i have a headache <laughs> maybe it's a tumor it's not a tumor <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're going to play a game who is your daddy, daddy and, and what, what does, does he, he do? do this is the show guys yeah. this is all we're doing <laughs> It's just quoting the movie. But it's like the best. It is is so good. Uh, We also get the twins who give their answer. Yeah. Our mom says that our dad is a real sex machine. (laughs) (laughs) That's the kind of thing nowadays. Like, if a kid said that in class, like, there would be an immediate phone call. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, fire alarm shows the rest of the school just how disorganized the kindergarten is because they take so long to get out there. And they get he gets shamed. The whole class gets shamed yeah. by the principal. Like, you guys are so slow. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Kimball and O'Hara randomly encounter Joyce and her son Dominic at a restaurant in town, and she invites them to join them for dinner. O'Hara notices that Kimball and Joyce are attracted to each other and pushes it as much as possible. Yeah. Now, and this is like a funny part of the movie where I guess it's believable that, that their family and that, you know, that she would need to adopt the German accent in order to sound like him. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it was hilarious because it was just like, okay. I mean, you <laughs> you don't need, okay. Right. I, I guess. You could just say, like, you're adopted or. Yeah. You don't need to go that way, Ursula. <laughs> but it's like, all right, whatever. If it, That's fine. And then I like the uh, Dominic's comment, though. Like, I like the way they talk. <laughs> On the third day, Kimball introduces the concept of police school as a disciplinary method, which worked shockingly well. Yeah. This is the is, this is the speech, right? Like the the one where he's like, nobody's going to be here to wipe the Yeah. There is no bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> All that? No way. <laughs> yeah, you'd be fired. Never be allowed. allowed. I'm going to be your sheriff. You're going to be my deputy trainees. Oh, come on. Stop whining. Your kids are soft. You lack discipline. But I've got news for you. You are mine now. You belong to me. You're not going to have your mommy's run behind you anymore and wipe your little douches. Oh, no. It's time now to turn this mush into muscles. No more complaining. No more Mr. Kimbliff to go to the bathroom. Nothing. There is no bathroom. But that is one of like the better speeches. It like, is. I remember that speech vividly. It, it is up there for me in terms of like movie speeches. There's yeah. the kindergarten <laughs> cop speech. There is the I live my life a quarter mile at a time from Fast and the Furious and Bill Pullman's speech in Independence Day where he's like, we're going to fuck these aliens. No, I mean, that's not a quote. Right. But, you right. Know, <laughs> those three are like the pinnacle of movie speeches for me. That's quite the uh, quite the trifecta. I, I mean, it's it's no indication of like me being a quality movie fan. <laughs> it's just those three are amazing to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get some uplifting montage music <laughs> as the kids are training in all their police school ways. One, two, three, three four. four. <laughs> the principal notices the improvement in the class, uh, and then the movie starts to shift focus on one kid in particular, Zach Sullivan, mm-hmm. and that is the kid. And this is the who, kid, who's right? yeah who's being abused. Um, the movie is clearly trying to make us think that now maybe, maybe he's the one yeah. who's Crisp's likely son. Yeah. Joyce asks Kimball to dinner at her home, and Kimball catches Phoebe's fiance visiting her in the motel, which is a random bit yeah, in the it, whole movie. Like, like, I don't know how this factors into everything it else. It doesn't at all. It's just like this weird side quest where it's like, <laughs> why is he here? Yeah. I mean, he shows up at the end real quick, but again... No real, yeah, yeah. no real point to him being there. Also, wouldn't this be insanely unprofessional for undercover cops to have visitors from their real life? Like your operational security or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like this is a bad idea. Like it's your birthday. Fine. Uh, Celebrate later. Yeah. Maybe in a couple of weeks when I'm off the job. Yeah. It's not supposed to take that long. Uh, And yeah, it just like we said, feels kind of unnecessary. The only other thing that I could think of them including it for is that audiences I don't know if studios made this assumption and were just like, anyone who watches this is going to wonder why O'Hara is not into Kimball. 
Oh, we yeah. need to give her a reason why she's not jumping all over him. Mm. That's maybe, the only thing I can think of. Hey, maybe it was Arnold. He was like, you know, I, I am a muscular specimen. <laughs> People will not believe that I am sleeping in the same room as a woman and she's not all over me. It's possible. It's possible. I mean, like every other woman in the movie is all about him. Yeah. So like Literally all the single moms. All and, of them. Yeah. And it's it's it just is a stark portrayal of this town that there are so many single mothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's just so many of them. It's like, where are all the fathers? <laughs> they all ran away. They're all in France. Oh. Uh, back at school, Kimball finds out that Zach's father abuses him and his mother. He's also eliminated at this point as one of Crisp's potential kids. And does this, does he threaten the father at one point? Oh, yeah. He goes outside. And actually, we will get to that. Yeah. Okay. There's a point where that happens, too. Uh, then on the date at Joyce's house, Dominic shows Kimball his lasers to keep the bad people away. Mm-hmm. And this just seems like, again, something that has not aged well. It's like, sure, son, go climb the crazy antenna tower oh, yeah. 50 feet into the air and go hook up your lasers. Lasers. Like, that's just poor parenting. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, why are you letting your child out into the wilderness to climb radio towers? Well, he hasn't put anything up there yet. And that's not this point where he climbs it. Oh, okay. That happens later. Yeah. Right now, they're just in the bushes. And he's like... He shows him the tower. He's like, I'm going to put my lasers up there. Okay. Yeah. Suspicious. He searches the house and asks some personal questions. Now suspecting that Joyce and Dominic are the ones he's looking for. Joyce shares some info that makes it seem even more likely. Although O'Hara finds no evidence of the $3 million she supposedly took from him. And this is like the part of the movie where you're like, I could definitely tell that you're a cop. If I was the subject of your investigation and you started asking me these questions very leading in the yeah. way that you were asking them, like it kind of took me out of that part of the movie because I was like, you're not a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, why are you focusing on these particular aspects of it's like, things? None of the other things like the fact that he's built like a mountain or like <laughs> <laughs> he's running his his like classroom, like a military installation. But, you know, the fact that you're asking these pointed questions mm-hmm. in such a way makes me believe that maybe I didn't think about the police school thing. It's yeah. like, yeah, she would probably see that at some point. Her son's in the class. Yeah. She's going to come like, home and be like, we're police school. Like, I don't understand. This is not approved curriculum. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Zach arrives to school late one day and Kimball finds bruises on him. So he goes outside to see his father. And slams him up against the car, gives him the punch in the gut yeah. and all that stuff. And that was like the f- sort of like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's what I would do to somebody if I found them abusing <laughs> a kid. Like, fuck yeah. And it's Arnold, too. So you're like, tear his arm off. <laughs> you fucking do it. Eat him. <laughs> Just tear his arm off and be like, this arm belongs to me now. <laughs> I'm going to beat you with your own arm. <laughs> and look, children, I found an arm outside. <laughs> The uh, principal calls him into her office and shockingly says how good of a teacher he is before asking how good it felt to hit Zach's father. <laughs> I love the when the door is closed, she's just like, throws the punch. <laughs> that is like a definite HR violation. Oh, yeah. Cindy turns up dead as a result of Crisp's mother's meddling and Crisp is released as a result. Is that how that really works? I don't know. There's too many like gaping holes in the entire thing. Like it doesn't make any sense. I mean, if she was the only witness and there was nothing else available in terms of like evidence, they might dismiss the case. But yeah, it's just 
it's just it's one of those Hollywood things that like I mean they're undercover working on the case yeah. right now. So I think they could justify holding him for yeah. a couple days. Yeah. It's one of those things that I saw as a youth and thought, hmm. And then I became a lawyer and I'm like, that's wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At the school fair, the kids perform the Gettysburg address that they've been practicing. And the principal publicly praises Kimball's work and suggests that he should consider staying on a permanent basis. Yeah, that was one of those things. I was like, uh, mm. I was a little concerned when at the beginning of the movie, she was like, I had to force a 25 year veteran of teaching out so you could come in and be an undercover cop. <laughs> and now she's like, I'm not even going to give that woman her job back. <laughs> it's like, mm, you seem to be doing a good job, even despite the fact that we have a 25 year old vet or a 25 year veteran right. of the teaching profession. And you're not certified to be a teacher, yeah. <laughs> which I think was still a thing. Gaping holes. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, O'Hara tells Kimball about Cindy and Kimball comes clean to Joyce. She takes Dominic and drives off as she's saying, there is no money. Crisp is just after Dominic. Yeah, you kind of got the sense that they didn't have the money that because they were, I mean, you know, like when you're watching it as a kid versus when you're watching it as an adult, like you notice things as an adult that don't necessarily like factor into your consideration when you're a child. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, when I rewatched it, I was like, that's a really nice house. Maybe that's where the money went. Maybe they just paid. And then I'm immediately thinking to myself, like, mm, but this is 1990. Property values are not that inflated. <laughs> and and I'm she like, did say that they were staying. Uh, it was her friend's house. Yeah. And they were staying there. As and like, like a favor. it just ruined the entire movie. Yeah. Although she, I mean, she could have been lying about the fact that it was her friend's house. But yeah, I don't know. Kimball goes to Joyce's house to find her frantically looking for Dominic. Uh, they end up finding him on the tower, trying to put the lasers on the antenna. Joyce is planning on running again, but Kimball convinces her to stay. And that, like, face-mashingly hard kiss? <laughs> it was super aggressive. Like, I, I, yeah, it's like, Arnold, what are you doing? You're going to crush her. That's what it looked like. <laughs> It's like, what are you doing? I was like, do they both not know what they're doing? Or is Arnold just like, ah! <laughs> that's how he kisses, too. They're like, kiss her passionately. He's like, <laughs> be like, I don't know how to do things without a gun. <laughs> I can only do things. I can only do things powerfully. <laughs> there's no there's no lower setting. <laughs> there's only there's only nothing. And then sex. <laughs> that's it i'm going in <laughs> uh crisp arrives at school posing as a parent who might be moving to town during a tour of the school he sees kimball in the classroom with his son which had to be terrifying for him yeah he didn't know that that his like arch enemy was right there yeah uh he goes into the library and starts a fire setting off the alarm in the ensuing chaos he grabs dominic and tries telling him that he's his father luke no uh <laughs> but dominic doesn't believe him like child abduction yeah makes a lot of sense also like there's this scene like before when they first get to town mm -hmm. and he's like shopping at a toy oh, yeah, store yeah. and he just beats the brakes off that guy right outside of his right outside of the store for like what is like basically a, a 20 dollar race car the track. rc car track yeah, yeah like how is this guy not institutionalized <laughs> He just basically murdered somebody for a toy. Yeah. There's <laughs> also the scene of his mom in the pharmacy. Oh, yeah. And she's buying, like, all the medications. And, yeah. like, 
did we need this data in the movie like, of yeah. like that that she was now gonna like overly medicate her grandson and that she's been doing it for a while and, and she's been doing it to him yeah like i like i just interpreted that to mean like maybe that's why he's a psychopath that like, he's just, just over medicated like the worst helicopter parent in the world basically turned her son into a psychopath but also that's super gross because it just kind of added to that relationship and you're just like that and she uh or like he he holds up the uh anal thermometer (laughs) or the rectal thermometer and uh that just yeah adds another layer of complexity that i didn't understand when i was a kid yeah but as an adult (laughs) you're like uh joyce runs back into the school and crisp knocks her down as kimball approaches crisp grabs dominic and holds the gun to him holding his own friggin son as uh the, the thing that he's been going after the whole time yeah like that's my hostage like yeah like good pick like okay <laughs> uh kimball's ferret leaves dominic's sweater and bites crisp giving kimball the opportunity to shoot and kill him and then throughout the entire movie like anytime the ferret came up he was like oh he doesn't bite <laughs> just to like set this up also love the way he says ferret ferret this is a ferret <laughs> it's the best <laughs> We're at a point where we're making fun of people's accents. Like, I can totally see them being like in the like the the table read. They're like, no, Arnold, it's ferret, ferret, <laughs> no, Arnold, ferret, ferret. <laughs> he's like, it's like we'll fix it in post. And then the audio editor is just like at the end. He's like, I don't know how to fix this. There's nothing I can do. This is just a guttural sound from a very muscular man. <laughs> it just sounds like somebody's screaming. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it just like screams out of every sentence he says. <laughs> Crisp's mother arrives and shoots Kimball before finding her son dead. Before she can deliver one more fatal shot, though, O'Hara appears and knocks her out with the baseball bat. Which this is, is after being hit by the car. Yeah. Like she got hit by a car, walks in and just like home runs into the lady's body. Like incredible. To me, it was like a, one of the second most satisfying scenes in the movie. Just getting to see somebody who was just hit with a car hit the person who hit her with a baseball bat. And her um, one liner is great too. What was the one liner again? Not so tough without your oh, car. Yeah, that's right. And she looks like shit. Yeah. She's just like, Ugh. uh, Kimball's taken out of the school on a stretcher as the kids walk with him. He's like straight out. That one kid like breaks your heart though. Yeah. Like, Mr. Kimball, are you okay? Yeah. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I half wanted him to be like, of course I'm not okay. Look at me. <laughs> I'm hurt. I've been shot. <laughs> Where's my ferret? Where's my ferret? <laughs> After his recovery, Kimball returns to the classroom to a group hug from the kids. Joyce comes in to give him one more the overly aggressive kiss. <laughs> and that is Kindergarten Cop. Again, this isn't the greatest movie. Yeah, but like, I mean, it has the flaws that I see are all like procedural. Yeah. As a movie. It's super enjoyable. Yeah, it's it's I wouldn't say it's junk food, but it's it's enjoyable. It's pleasurable. I I love that this movie can be wholesome and also terrifyingly un PC at the Mm -hmm. same time. And the fact that, you know, you get to see Arnold in a different capacity than you did see him in the prior decade is incredible. And like he has decent comedic timing for somebody who was never a comedian. Mm-hmm. 
And so, I mean, that's just one of the other reasons I enjoyed the movie. But I mean, Kindergarten Cop is always up there. Like if at some point a new digital medium comes out where I need to buy a disc for it or whatever, Kindergarten Cop's always going to be one of those movies. Yeah. I and mean, like I had the DVD, I got the Blu-ray and I have a digital copy. And it's just like, I will always have that movie, not just because it's close to my heart, but I also just love watching that movie. Yeah. Like it's one of those movies I can pick up at any point. And as I'm watching it, I'll just, I'll say the lines along with the people. And it's incredible. Like, again, you know, it's like Independence Day and Fast and the Furious for me. It's like, mm-hmm. I can watch it, I can enjoy it, and never will not like it. Super rewatchable, infinitely quotable. Yeah. And it's Arnold. I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, my my personal goal with Random Movie Club, and uh, I think I've told you about this before. Yeah. It's just like... Do all the Arnold movies because fuck it, they're they're amazing. Like they are. I mean, going up to maybe I don't know, like two thousand. Like after that, it gets kind of sure, sure. But like all the way up until like through the nineties, incredible movies. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for joining me once again, Paul. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's a ferret. It's a That'll do it. Random Movie Club is a production of the Geek Generation. If you like this show, be sure to check out our other podcasts on the Geek Generation Network at thegeekgeneration.com. Don't forget, you can support Random Movie Club and get access to exclusive bonus content by visiting our Patreon campaign at thegeekgeneration.com support. Our theme song is provided by Michael McLeod of Wolfstone Music. A link to his site can also be found on our site. Thanks for listening, and make sure you join us next time when we'll discuss Dead Poets Society. See you then.